Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm a teacher in Georgia. And I'm Talia, and I'm studying to be a crime scene tech in Colorado. And we're... A teacher and a crime scene tech? Walk into a bar. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am good. I am just sitting here eating lunch. How are you? I'm eating... Well, watching your child eat rice made me want rice, <laughs> so I'm eating egg rolls and rice. Mmm. Yes. Very yes, yummy. me me and little chunky boy had leftover hibachi for lunch. It looked delicious. It was pee good. It looked pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Just, you know, hanging out, doing the stay-at-home mom stuff. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. And stressful. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. Well, we got actually a pretty cool email from our website on the email submission box thing. And I'm going to read it to you guys because it's a really, it's really enlightening. Yes, I like it. This is from Rain. Is that, was that all that they said that their name was, Rain? Okay. Mm -hmm. And it says, hey, you two. So I just listened to your episode on the Blood Countess and it reminded me of a weird theory that I heard. That I heard about her. I cannot for the life of me remember where I heard this, but it came to me, so I thought I'd share my insanity. So I remember a weird thought that maybe Elizabeth was actually practicing surgeries and other medical practices on her servants. She was an educated woman and could have been progressive enough to at least try and treat conditions or injuries with science. Unfortunately, at the time, knowledge of medicine was not really that advanced or understood widely. So it's rational to think that she might have been attempting to treat her servants and girls for medical issues or needs, and the townspeople mistook it for torture. Honestly, I would too, at least considering the barbaric medical practices of the time. Still, if you think about it, that could also mean she could have been experimenting medically on healthy patients, and that's still no good. But it's an interesting thought, and it leads to a whole rabbit hole of conspiracy in of itself. Sorry if that was a crazy ramble of thoughts, but welcome to my brain, I guess. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is actually a really cool thought. It is. Love the show and love you both. Hope you have a great day and stay spooky. Happy Halloween. Aw, thanks, Rain. Thanks for sending that in. Yeah, and I love that theory, to be honest, because like I said, I I like to think that she was not torturing people with bad intentions i know i i think it makes a lot of sense honestly yeah so maybe she was trying to help them if you guys have any thoughts on anything we talk about or you want to yell corrections at us i mean nicely like don't be mean uh or like anything like that you can use the fan submission form on our website or you can email us at a teacher and a crime scene tech at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, and then we did get two apple podcast reviews since we've been off air the first one is from a person named rosa and they said love in all caps this podcast 10 out of 10 recommend well we love they you gave us five stars and they said we're fun and informative that's right and then this person said either way dot 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 love Five stars. I absolutely love this podcast. And at this point, it's like 
And then they put the little, like, hmm emoji, I guess, because we were off air for so long. Yeah. I can listen to it all over again or dig into these bonus episodes until the next one comes out with a, like, shrug face. So, we're back. That we hope you came back, too. Shav. Yeah, come come back to us. I hope you were a subscriber so you got notified that we're back on air. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had anything else, really. Did you? I don't. I can't I think we of can, anything. Uh... We are keeping it light this week because last week was so not not. It was light a heavy one. <laughs> it was. So this week I is don't... for funsies. For funsies. Okay. I got true crime on the wheel. I promise you there's a crime in here somewhere. It does. It's not going to sound like it for like 90% of the story. Okay. This is a wild ride, and I promise you I'm not lying or making this up. Okay. The cast of characters to this is just absolutely bonkers. It's one of my favorite stories of all time, and if you know it already, I'm going to be very freaking disappointed because I want to be the one to tell it to you, but I don't think you do. Okay, I'm excited. We are jumping into the Galapagos Affair. I don't know this. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to preface it anymore, I'm just jumping in. So, the Galapagos are a small archipelago of islands off the coast of Ecuador in the Pacific Ocean. The islands are home to many unusual creatures that are not found anywhere else in the world. And even though they seem like they would be a tropical paradise, most of the islands are hot, dusty, and rocky. The islands are most well known for their unusual species being the inspiration for Darwin's theory of evolution in 1835. But in the 1930s, the Galapagos Islands attracted worldwide attention with a story of sex and scandal. Ooh. Ooh, la la. Two fun things. (laughs) (laughs) Our two favorite things. Yeah. So in 1929, a well-known German doctor... Some accounts said dentist and some said doctor. His name is Frederick Frederick Ritter. So I'm just going to call him Dr. Ritter for the rest of the tale. Okay. Because I I don't want to say Frederick wrong every time. So he decided to leave behind his lucrative practice and move to the mostly uninhabited islands of the Galapagos. Ritter was known as a genius and was very enthralled with the teachings of Nietzsche. He was 43 years old and was a World War I vet. He met Dora Strouch, who was 15 years younger than him, and one of his patients, she was. Seems like a violation a little bit. (laughs) That seems like a violation of all sorts of Wait, how old was he? 43. Okay. So she was in her late 20s. Okay. She was a supporter of the German Revolution and was also obsessed with Nietzsche. Uh, a match she... made in hell. <laughs> a match made, that's right. <laughs> a match made in I don't want to listen to you guys talk. She had been diagnosed by MS and was told by all of her doctors that there was nothing that could be done to help her. But Ritter believed that he could heal her using the teachings of Nietzsche and the power of the human mind. Uh, yeah. You can just think your way out of MS. Okay. Right. Obviously. She was tired of being a housewife, and she was not in love with her current husband. And they bonded over Nietzsche's view of human freedom, and Ritter shared his dream with Dora of moving somewhere uninhabited to realize his great solitude. His dreams became her dreams, and they started falling in love. The two decided to leave their spouses, 
and start a new life together in the Galapagos. And I guess when they told their spouses about this, they were like, but you guys take care of each other. What? We're out. You guys, like, I don't know. Do they both have kids? No, they didn't have any kids. Oh, okay. For some reason, okay. But they told she told her husband, and he told his wife, like, yeah, you guys hang out, take care of each other. We're we're going. Okay. Can you imagine being in that room? Yeah, I would probably have the same expression that I do now. Like, excuse me, what? Okay. <laughs> they wanted to be the Adam and Eve of the Galapagos. God. They wanted to like re inhabit the Galapagos. And she reportedly called him her teacher, her guide, and her fate. She was, like, really into it. (laughs) Okay, this, I can't. This is the best detail of the whole story. Some of his beliefs included a raw food diet, vegetarianism, nudism, and obsessive mastication. Which, if you don't know, is the repeated chewing and grinding of food. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was he something would chew. else. <laughs> he would I thought chew it had to do. Bite. I thought what? it had to do with like masochism. I, I was know. like, oh, that took a turn. <laughs> oh, and now suddenly things are very dark. No, they're not <laughs> yeah. dark. They're just fucking gross and weird. Like cows. He cows do that. Yes, he would chew every bite of food like a thousand times before he would swallow it. That is so gross. So it was like liquid by the time he swallowed. Yes. It. Oh my but, god. I need to look at but, pictures of these people. Will I spoil anything if I look at them? No, let me finish this paragraph, though. Okay. Bef- before you look at them. Okay. Because I don't want you to know this part until I say it with my mouth. Okay. Okay. But the obsessive chewing had ruined their teeth. And knowing that they would not have access to dental care on the island, Dr. Ritter preemptively pulled all of his teeth. Okay. All right. <laughs> So, what's his name? Wait. Once they got to the island, Dr. Ritter decided that Dora should not have the simple pleasures of daily life like coffee or owning her teeth. So, he removed all of her teeth with garden tools. That is a crime in itself. What? And the two of them shared a pair of stainless steel dentures. I think I know, I think I've heard some of this story, actually, because that I just feel like I was shocked about over again. They share the dentures. Dr. Ritter? Yes. I may have forced you to listen to an episode of My Favorite Murder about this. I think that's what what it was. But I hope you didn't get through the whole thing, and I hope you don't remember. I don't remember it. I don't remember much of anything to (laughs) be So, yeah, they would just take turns swapping the teeth back and forth to eat on the island. Mm. That's mm. <laughs> really disgusting. So just remember for the rest of the story, they have no teeth. It just really adds to the... <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, I think there's a Netflix documentary about this. I watched a documentary. It wasn't on Netflix. The only place I could find it was on iTunes. Okay, maybe I'm thinking about something else then. It was called uh, The Galapagos Affair, Satan Came to Eden. And there's real life pictures, real life videos from the island. It is wild. You guys should definitely watch it after you hear this because it's crazy. Okay, I do know this case, but I don't remember much of it. I just remember one of the people in it. Okay, cool. Okay. 
So they decided to settle on Floriana Island. It was the least inhabited of the Galapagos, and the nearest people were 60 miles away. But once they got there, there was a problem because they realized that the island was not easy to live on. The beaches were black lava rock and filled with debris and sticks. And they suddenly had to engage in manual labor every day. They had to clear land to make space for their home and to grow their food to sustain themselves. And Dora tried to keep up with Dr. Ritter, but her MS made it difficult for her. And this douche canoe was just like, yeah, well, just... Imagine yourself that you don't have MS and pick up this fucking tree and move it for me. If you can't do it yourself, what makes you think she can do it? Right. So Dr. Ritter just constantly told her to put mind over matter and do not submit to your illness. All right. Lovely. So about a year and a half into their habitation of the island, they began to, you know, carve out a little home. They were growing their vegetarian meals that they were chewing into liquid and... (laughs) As I put a butt of rice into my mouth. <laughs> Did you chew it 50 times before you swallowed it? <laughs> no, I don't even think I chewed it. I think I just swallowed it all. <laughs> Dr. Ritter would hate that. Yeah. Good. I hope he saw it. Because he is <laughs> long gone by now. Um, And the documentary um has, like, most of the accounts are written, in, like, in their own words. Like, they kept a lot of journals and stuff. Okay. It's interesting because it's like, where's the truth? Because it's like a bunch of different accounts of the same mm-hmm. events, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so Dora wrote in her journal that it was not quite the life of quiet contemplation that she had imagined, but a life of mind-dulling manual labor. She wrote that Dr. Ritter was seemingly in- eternally dissatisfied with everything that I do. That's kind of sad. Uh, it is. She gave up everything. Even her teeth! especially her teeth especially her teeth they would fight constantly and dr ritter was just always annoyed that she just couldn't like forget that she had ms and she was sick and like you know wanted to be taken care of and he was just like "Mm, no Hmm. so in the letters that dr ritter sent home his family said that he never had a nice thing to say about dora he didn't act like he loved her And she said that he spent all of his spare time on his philosophical pursuits. This is sad. Dora was super lonely and she formed an attachment to her donkey that was on the island with them. There's like videos in the documentary of her like playing with it and it's like up on its hind legs and she's like dancing around (laughs) the donkey. (laughs) But apparently this annoyed Dr. Ritter. He wrote that he was disappointed with her love of animals and that it was nothing but a flattery of the animal within her. What is this man's problem? Uh, he's the freaking worst, honestly. But then Dora wrote that she was so lonely that she felt like she would go mad with joy if she saw another human, even if they were a cannibal or a bloodthirsty buccaneer. She was like, I hate everything. I would take a cannibal over sitting here listening to Dr. Ritter talk about Nietzsche and chewing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty accurate because that just sounds like torture within itself. 
Honestly, though. So, unbeknownst to Dora and Dr. Ritter, the letters they had sent home to their friends and family in Germany had been leaked to the press. Their, some of their friends or someone was like, this is super interesting, and the newspapers would like this. So, they began to become quite famous all over the world as the modern-day Robinson Crusoe of the Galapagos. And they were unhappy about the way they had been portrayed in the media. They obviously didn't want attention for doing this. They were trying to, you know, go be in the solitude and do whatever Nietzsche things they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And they had been portrayed in the media as eccentrics with a grand life in paradise, the modern day Adam and Eve, and even a ship of scientists from the United States whose goal was to study the rare creatures of the island stopped by Floriana just to observe them. So now they they're, wrote, like, being put on display. Yeah, now they're, like, a tourist attraction. And they just, you know, were trying to, like, literally get away from the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wrote, and this was published in a newspaper, accounts of this hermit couple described described them as nudist, cavemen, eccentric philosophers. We look forward to meeting them with much curiosity. So the scientists said they were surprised to find out that the two were actually very clever, smart people, and that they had carved out a nice little living on the island. Dr. Ritter had made some weird, like, shower bath thing that the scientists were all intrigued by. And the Ritters went on the scientist ship. I think, I don't remember, that ship is called, like, the Voyager or something. They, like, had dinner there and listened to music, and Dora apparently had a really good time, and Dr. Ritter was just in a shit mood the whole time. And when they left the ship, they were given provisions by the scientists. They gave them gifts that, like, they couldn't get on the island, like sugar and lamp oil and stuff like that. He Uh, ate sugar? He liked sugar? Probably. He just didn't like meat. Oh. Okay. I don't know what they were making with the sugar, but maybe maybe he just put it on his gums. He doesn't have teeth, so it's not like it wasn't his teeth anyways. When it wasn't his turn with the dentures, he just put the sugar on his gums. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Ew, how would you decide whose turn it was? I hate it. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to eat my salad, and I have to chew it a thousand times, so in three hours you can have the dentures. What if something, oh, what if something gets stuck in them? Ew. (laughs) Oh my god. No, it's literally a nightmare for me. That is so gross. I can't can't think of anything grosser, to be honest. No, really, though grosser or just like more cringeworthy like yeah the worst thing i've ever heard ew okay dr ritter said he enjoyed the visit but said if any others came to inhabit their island permanently they would not be so hospitable so about three years into their island experiment the couple saw a schooner in the water on it was heinz whitmer his teenage son and his wife margaret who was five months pregnant heinz's son harry from a previous marriage, had health problems and had been getting sicker and sicker. After Heinz saw Dr. Ritter's articles on life in the Galapagos, he cited that life in the tropics would do wonders for Harry's health. Why? Uh, uh, Yeah, sure. So they pull up to the island in their little boat, and the couple felt so disheartened when they saw the landscape of the island. It was not the tropical paradise they had been promised, but a very bleak and intimidating landscape. Um, They said in the documentary that, like, their hearts just fell, but they had sold all of their possessions, and they were now stuck. That would would suck. And it's not like they could look at pictures, because back then, Google was nothing. 
Yeah, I mean, they had pictures in the newspaper, but it's like, it would be hard to know, you know, like, really yeah. know. So the Whitners had sold all of their possessions to fund their relocation to the Galapagos, and they were now stuck. It would be months before another ship might come by, and even if a ship did come, they had very little money to secure passage back to Germany. Dora was very disappointed when she first met the Whitmers. She claimed that they were dull and seemed too ordinary. What was she expecting? She had this thing, like, she hated, like, the role of the housewife. Okay. She talked about it obsessively, the Hausfrau in German, that it was, like, derivative and beneath her, and, like, the women are contained in the home by the four walls and, like, all this stuff. So she met Margaret and was like, oh, my God, this boring housewife came to my island and margaret wrote that she thought it was super fucking bizarre that when she first met dora she just started talking obsessively about nietzsche and wouldn't stop i'm getting everybody confused already dora is the one that came dora and dr ritter have no teeth okay so they're okay. they were here first the whitmers are the family that comes second so it's heinz and margaret whitmer and their children all right so dora is like ew get this boring housewife off my island and sweet little margaret whitmer is like i don't understand what this bitch is talking about i just said hello and she started talking to me about nietzsche like what and she's like we felt really out of place and we were like "Mm, we probably should not have done this and they really wanted to leave sounds about right the other issue was that margaret whitmer was hoping that Dr. Ritter would help her with her pregnancy because she was five months along. And that was one of the reasons that they chose Floriana Island is because there was a doctor there. And Dr. Ritter is like, um, I'm not a doctor anymore. I am a philosophical hermit vegetarian man. And I'm very annoyed that you think I'm going to be your OBGYN. Wasn't he a dentist? <laughs> some accounts said doctor and some said dentist, but I, think he was a doctor i'm I'm really not i'm really not sure i think he was though because of something that happens later so he's incredibly annoyed that they're even there at all and now she wants him to be his her doctor and he's like "Mm -mm, goodbye so he takes them to he walks them over an hour away to some old pirate caves and he's like here's where you can live (laughs) see (laughs) i'll be down here reading nietzsche And despite all the odds, the Whitmers were actually super good at island living, and their area of the island was actually a little bit more inhabitable and easy to manage. It had a better climate for growing things, and all of a sudden, they are thriving, like right off the bat. All right, well, good for them. Which obviously did not make Dr. Ritter happy, because him and Dora had struggled for over a year to make their little section of the island inhabitable. Mm -hmm. The... two families were cordial with one another and the environment on the island was stressed but you know manageable they were just like neighbors they didn't really go out of their way to like spend time together or talk to each other it was just like yeah they're over there all of that was fine and good until the arrival of the baroness that's who i remember (laughs) because she's a queen she is a wild character (laughs) baroness Eloise Verbon Wagner Bosquet arrived on the island riding a donkey armed with a pistol 
and accompanied by her two German lovers. She is the main character. Here she comes. <laughs> she gives off main character energy all day long. Mm-hmm. And I know she was just dripping in diamonds as she rode in on her donkey. On her donkey. She had to have been. With a pistol. Yes. And on either side of her is her two German lovers sat astride the donkey with her pistol and her two lovers on either side of her. Good for her. Her lovers were named Rudolf Lorenz and Robert Philipson. So Margaret Whitmer was the first to see her and the Baroness rode into their camp and was like, hey, what's up? I've come to this island to build a luxury hotel that I'm going to name Hotel Hacienda Paradiso. And I'm going to make Floriana like Miami, a hotspot for American millionaires. And the Whitmers are like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And she claimed that Lorenz was the engineer and Philipson was the architect. And obviously this was not what any of the residents of the island wanted. They were like, uh, no, 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 no. We came here to like get away away from nonsense. And here comes nonsense incarnate right here in front of us. And the Baroness kind of looked around. She strode around and then she announced to the Whitmers, I'm going to be living right here in your orange grove next to your stream until the hotel was built. And it's one of the only streams on the island. And it's the Whitmers like main source of drinking water. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, well, we don't really love that. And she walks over with one of her lovers to the stream and he removes her shoes and washes her feet in the Whitmers drinking water. Jeez. And they're like, this bitch, what? What is this? She doesn't even seem real. She seems like a like a movie character or something. Literally the whole time, it's like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a work of fiction. If I told you lies for an hour, I couldn't make it more weird than it already <laughs> is right now. So then she's like, goodbye, I'm going to meet your neighbors, the Ritters. And she strode into the camp and sat down in the Ritter's home without invitation and demanded a cup of tea. Okay. Which I'm sure the Ritters just loved. Mm. She let the Ritters know that she regarded their camp and basically the whole island as hers. And she was declaring herself queen of Floriana. As she should. (laughs) As is her right, I suppose. (laughs) So Dora was like, "Um, I'm sorry, get out of my house. And told her off for giving orders in her own home. She's like, I don't know who you are, but I'm not making you a cup of tea. Get out. Goodbye. <laughs> and the Baroness left highly offended. The Whitmers described her as vulgar and shocking, while Dora described her as simultaneously frivolous and sinister. She was said to dominate her lovers, who were equally obsessed and scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> Those are goals, honestly, though. She's goals. They are terrified, but they keep coming back for more. Mm-hmm. The Baroness would reportedly march around the island in nothing but her bra, underwear, a riding crop, and a pistol. And this is 1930. You know what? She had every she right. Ahead of her time. <laughs> she was. There are and, pictures of this. Oh, yes. There's pictures of her. And she looks as confident as you would imagine her to look. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Margaret Whitmer goes into labor because she was five months pregnant when she arrived on the island and labored for 72 hours before oh. her husband went to go get Dr. Ritter. That and sounds like horrific. House of the Dragon. She's laboring for 72 hours in a cave with no medical intervention. 
And eventually she tells her husband, like, this is bad. Like, I'm in big trouble. And so he goes to get Dr. Ritter. And apparently Dr. Ritter was cool. And he came and helped and performed an emergency C-section without anesthesia. And a baby boy was born and Margaret Whitmer survived. So she is a badass. Yes. I'm in a little bit of shock. I was too, also, when I heard that. Um, They named the baby Rolf. So Rolf Whitmer was born on Floriana Island. Uh, Dora said that when the baby came, there was a feeling of Christmas. They all gave gifts to the baby and even to the Baroness. And for a time, all was well. Okay. It's about to go south. In a hurry. And so (laughs) spectacularly. In January of 1933, the ship of scientists returned for their yearly trip to the islands. They brought gifts and were expecting to just find the Ritters. And when they floated ashore, they saw a strange sign written in red lipstick. Because, of course, it was. What else would it be written in? Hacienda Paradiso. Two hours walk on the marked road. The Ritter's camp was kind of, like, up from the beach, so they could see ships approaching. Dr. Ritter signaled to the scientists with a mirror. Like, come here. And the captain raced up to the Ritter's camp. And he was gone for a few hours, and he came back telling his crew that there was now a baroness living on Floriana Islands with two husbands and a machine gun. Begrudgingly, Dr. Ritter took the scientists to meet the baroness. They were very interested in meeting her. And they were shocked at the way the baroness was living, saying that she was no homemaker, and that her and her lovers lived in filth in their camp that they were trying to turn into a luxury hotel. (laughs) They visited the Whitmers and commented on how Margaret Whitmer had made their camp a home and she was a wonderful housekeeper and blah, blah, blah. Much to Dora's distraught. She hates housewives. Uh, The ship had brought a large pile of gifts for the Ritters, but not the others because they didn't know they were there. And when the Baroness found out about this, she was angry and jealous and marched into the Ritters camp demanding a fair distribution of the gifts. Dr. Ritter then threw her lover, Philipson, headfirst out of the door of his home. (laughs) Uh, The Baroness was even reported trying to stir up more drama on the island. This is horrible. This tells you what kind of a person she is. She stole Dora's beloved donkey and put it on Heinz Whitmer's property. And then Heinz shot it because he thought it was wild. And it was eating all their plants. Oh, that's so mean. I take back everything I ever said about her. She's a horrible person. She's horrible. We hate her. Uh, This obviously caused massive tension between the Ritters and the Whitmers. Okay. (laughs) This is where it starts to get even more wild. As if it wasn't already. Yeah, I'm like, what? How could it? (laughs) How, How could it possibly? Oh, it does. The team of scientists return again. And this time, the captain of the ship brings news that the Baroness has become famous. So, somehow, in air quotes, news of her exploits have gotten out to the press. She's being called Empress of Floriana, and she is a media sensation. And the captain is, like, obsessed with her. And he wants to make a silent film starring the Baroness where she would play a bloodthirsty piratress. 
pirate 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 pirates yes is that it? a girl a girl pirate <laughs> Uh, the film was named The Empress of Floriana, and you can see this silent film in the documentary, and it is one of the, hands down, the best thing I've ever seen. Okay, I'm going to watch it right after this. It is incredible. And she's wearing this, like, linen shirt. It's like a, like, toga style, but it's a shirt, and Mm -hmm. she has, like, a long skirt on, but the... the fabric of the shirt is so thin that, like, you can see, like, straight boob the whole time. Okay. And that was, like, like her, shocking at the time. Her boobs are just out. Like, Zach was on the couch and not paying attention <laughs> to what I was watching, and he looked up and he was like, oh my god, that's a nipple on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Baroness wow. in all of her glory. So, it turns out that the Baroness, they had a, they had a bay there called Post Office Bay, They had a barrel up on a thing and passing ships would come through and collect mail. So that's how they were getting letters out. Well, it turns out the Baroness was going to the barrel and stealing all of the Ritter and Whitmer letters and rewriting herself as like the star of the show. Oh my God. (laughs) So then this woman, the letters then got passed along to the German newspapers and she became an international sensation. She is like a an influencer before, before it was a her thing. Time. Yes. She's wild. So wild. So tales of the Baroness's nonsense and complaints about her wild behavior had reached the governor of the Galapagos. Um, I think Dr. Ritter and a couple of other people who had been traveling, apparently some like Norwegians landed on the island and she chased them and like tried to shoot them. And then they went to the governor of the Galapagos and they're like, hey, you gotta do something about this wild this woman. Wild on woman <laughs> running around calling herself the Baroness. Her she's wearing a see-through shirt and she has a gun. I <laughs> don't know what's going on. It is crazy down there. So the governor came down to Floriana with a team to investigate and she's like, yes, come to my camp. And she charms him and he falls for her bullshit. And he's like, you know what? This is fine. Have four square miles on me for your hotel. Uh, Just take it. And he gives the Ritters and the Whitmers each only 50 acres. (laughs) No, that's not fair. (laughs) They weren't as fun. They weren't wearing see-through pirate shirts. (laughs) I'm looking at her in her see-through pirate shirt and her gun that she's carrying. It's just kind of, it's, it's interesting. It's magical. She's the character. So the problem was that now the stream that all three groups shared was on the Baroness's land. So now she's in control of the water. Oh no. Lovely. Um, all was not well at Hacienda Paradiso, however. A terrible drought had hit Floriana, and the residents were struggling to survive. It was 120 degrees in the shade. Oh my god, that sounds miserable. And the once lush stream that had be- had become a literal trickle of water. Um... All of the crops and the vegetables that they had planted had died. And for a while, the Baroness was living off of donations from 
yachts that would come to Floriana and dock to see the Empress. <laughs> and they're like, here, take some presents. He's like, thank you. But once news of the drought hit the rest of the world, the yachts stopped coming because they're like, ugh, we're not going there. It's like a desert and it's horrible. So she was running out of ways to survive. And it also seemed that Lorenz had fallen out of favor with the Baroness. She began treating him horribly and beating him. She would also order Philipson to beat Lorenz, and they made him do all of the manual labor for the hotel. And apparently she was feeding him, like, just enough that he could survive. She was, like, starving him and making him do manual labor. She's horrible. She is Like, in the most petty way, too. Yes, a maniac. So he would run away. He ran away to the Ritter's house and they were like, yeah, sorry, bro. We can't help you because she's wild and we don't want to deal with her. So bye bye. Mm -hmm. Then he would go to the Whitmers every day and the Whitmers felt bad for him. So they would like feed him and like give him water. And apparently he would just like hide from the Baroness at their house and like cry. Oh, but then she would show up like calling for him. Lorraine and then he'd go back to Hacienda Paradiso with her. That poor guy. So during this time, Lorenz also told the Whitmers that the Baroness was not a Baroness at all. Hmm. I didn't see that coming. She had been a cabaret dancer in Istanbul during World War I, and Lorenz had met her and had invested money for the two of them to open a boutique. Philipson had been hired at the boutique, and then he had also become one of the Baroness's lovers. And they eventually relocated to the island after reading Dr. Ritter's accounts with the scheme to make more money. It starts to go downhill fast. One day, as Dora and Dr. Ritter are, in her words, relaxing in the silence of the oppressive heat. (laughs) (laughs) They're just sitting on the porch, sweltering. A blood-curdling scream shook the silence. It sounded like the scream of a woman. Dora said she expected footsteps to be running down the path towards their house at any moment, but none came. And they couldn't figure out where the scream came from. They were just like, hmm, weird. And they went back to reading Nietzsche or whatever they were doing on the porch. The next day was Sunday, and Heinz Whitmer would usually come visit the Ritters every single Sunday. And he didn't show up that day. But the day after that, Margaret Whitmer and Lorenz appear at the door of the Ritters, and they were acting really strange. Dora said that their story sounded almost rehearsed, and Margaret Whitmer said that three days ago they heard sounds of visitors at the Baroness's camp. Then the Baroness showed up at the gate looking for Lorenz. And when Margaret told her that Lorenz was off with Heinz, she said, well, tell him that my friends showed up and they're on a yacht and I'm going to Tahiti with Philipson. I'm taking Philipson with me and Lorenz needs to stay here and watch our hotel until I either come get him or I send word and tell him he can leave. Wow. Goodbye. Wow. Wow. This woman. She's just noping right out of there. All right. When Lorenz got back to the hacienda, the house was completely empty. And Lorenz went searching. Apparently, he went down to the beach, and all he could find in the sand was footprints, he said. And they were just gone. Lorenz then asks the Ritters, he's like, hey, do you guys want to come over to the hotel and buy some of the Baroness's stuff from me so I can get the hell off this island? 
With what? He needs money, I guess. They have money? I don't know. <laughs> like, what are they going to buy it with? Coconuts? That's how I am like, hmm. I'll give you two coconuts and what a seashell. What currency are we using here? <laughs> the Ritters were like, that's kind of weird that you're already selling off the Baroness's stuff. She told you she was coming back and she's been gone for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Ritter also remarked that the story about the yacht seemed like a lie. Because remember, I told you from their camp, they could see all the ships pulling into the bay. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I haven't seen a ship in weeks. And I I definitely didn't see a yacht. Mm-hmm. Dora and Dr. Ritter reluctantly went with Lorenz, hoping that, you know, maybe something at Hacienda Paradiso could be useful. They're in this horrible drought. They're having a hard time anyway. So it's like, maybe she has some good stuff. On the way, they stopped at the Whitmer's house. And Dora noticed that Margaret had a very fancy new tablecloth. And she's like... I've seen that tablecloth before at the Baroness's house. Why do you you get that tablecloth? Right. And when Dora got to Hacienda Paradiso, she she said, I nearly screamed at the sight before my eyes. All of the Baroness's things were still there, even though the house was abandoned. On the nightstand, there was her cigarettes that she always carried with her and smoked, and a copy of the book, The Portrait of Dorian Gray. Apparently... The book was her good luck charm, and she had talked about it often, and she told Dora that she never went anywhere without this book. Okay, that's... So Dora's, like, freaked out, and she's kind of, like, standing yeah. in the doorway, like, uh, I don't, I'm getting really bad Something's vibes. Something's not Dr. right Ritter, Yeah, and Dr. Ritter's like, I don't know, fuck it, and starts digging through the Baroness's stuff and just taking shit, you know? <laughs> okay, all right. It sounds like Dora's the only one with sense on this entire island, to be honest, really? because first of all, why would you move to an island five months pregnant? They they have no sense. I mean, honestly, though. Dora's like, this is super suspicious, and she, you know, is really nervous, and she's like, I know this sounds crazy, but I really think that the Baroness and Philip were Philipson were murdered. Mm-hmm. So eventually the rains begin again and the island starts to come back to life. The drought is over and Lorenz is now desperate to get off the island and get back to Germany. He posted letters at Post Office Bay saying that he was seeking any ship to take him off the island. Like he just posts like a man seeking ship <laughs> classified. Eventually, a small fishing vessel owned by a Norwegian man living on the nearby island of Santa Cruz showed up. The fisherman agreed to take Lorenz to Santa Cruz, where he could catch a larger boat. On the fishing vessel was a journalist, and he had hoped to meet the Baroness when he got to Floriana. Of course he did. Yeah, she's like a a main attraction there now. Literally. And he was shocked to learn that she had disappeared. And he did some investigating. He talked to the Whitmers, to the Ritters. And he was like, this is super weird. And he reports the story to the press. So now the whole world knows that the Baroness is missing. She's missing. And she was just a star that everybody knew about. And now she's gone. She went viral before going viral was a thing. (laughs) Exactly. Lorenz is about to go on this journey to Santa Cruz to get on a bigger ship. And as he's leaving the island, he whispered to Dora, I don't know why, but I'm afraid of this trip. On the way to Santa Cruz, they saw a larger boat docking at nearby San Cristobal Island. And Lorenz begged the captain to take him there so he could get on the bigger boat. 
feeling like it was his chance to get to the mainland. The captain did not want to make the journey because it was Friday the 13th, and it is bad luck to sail on Friday the 13th. All right. Sailors have a lot of superstitions. Yeah, they do. And also, it was apparently, like, a kind of a bad weather day, and, like, the seas were kind of choppy. Mm -hmm. But after a lot of pleading from Lorenz and an offer of enough money, I guess he did get enough money from the Ritters, the ship set out. The ship, the fishing, fishing, fishing vessel. The fishing vessel. (laughs) It wasn't a ship. It's like a small boat. A fishing boat. Sailed towards San Cristobal and suddenly went missing. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Parties searched the nearby islands for the vessel, but the boat was not found. So they just also disappeared without a trace. Okay. And Lorenz was on this one, too. Yes. Lorenz was on the boat and the Norwegian fisherman. Okay. There had been no word from Tahiti, and it seemed that the Baroness had never made it there. It looked like everyone had just disappeared without a trace. So November 1934 on Floriana is when the rest of the island just collapses and falls into a shit show. Dr. Ritter reports to the Whitmers that their food sources had run so low because of the drought that they were having to eat meat now. He oh, was no. very displeased. Yeah. But apparently they had a flock of chickens that they would use for eggs. And Dora fed the chickens some meat and it was spoiled pig's meat. And now all of the chickens were dead from poisoning. Oh, no. So... The next time the Whitmers pay a visit to Dr. Ritter, they find him boiling the poisoned chickens for future use. That's disgusting. It was horrifying. (laughs) He offers the Whitmers a jar of chicken, insisting that he had boiled out all of the poison. And they're like, no, thank you. That's that's okay. You you keep your chicken. (laughs) The Ritters eventually are so out of food that they have to eat one of the boiled chickens. And pretty much immediately, Dr. Ritter starts showing signs of poisoning and botulism. He's super ill. He's throwing up. He's, like, shaking. He can't get up. And after, like, a whole day of this, she lets him be sick for, like, over a day. And then eventually Dora is like, okay, I'm going to go get Margaret. (laughs) And when they got, when Margaret got back to the camp, Dora said that his tongue was so swollen that he couldn't even speak. And there's two accounts of what happened this night at the camp. Dora claims that she was reading Dr. Ritter Nietzsche as he lay on his sickbed. And he's like, yes, remember that passage. Mark it so you will remember. (laughs) And that he suddenly sat up in the night and looked at her with love and reached for her. And all the pain was gone from his face. And then he fell back on his pillows and passed away. I don't believe that. But Margaret (laughs) Whitmer says that when she arrived at the camp, Dr. Ritter was in immense pain and was like, well, isn't this ironic? I'm a vegetarian dying of fucking meat poisoning. Then he started to get sicker and sicker. And apparently his tongue swelled up. He couldn't talk. He's reaching around his bed. He finds a paper and a pen and writes his last sentence, a note to Dora. Do you want to know what it said? Yes. I curse you with my dying breath. <laughs> wow, that's really rude. What a mean thing to say. <laughs> it's so horrible. And it apparently, 
Margaret said that, like, Dora kept, like, reaching to him and, like, trying to comfort him. And he was, like, slapping her hands away and, like, pushing her. Like, he did not want anything to do with her. And then after hours of this nonsense, he just croaked. <laughs> I'm not according to her, he, he was lovely, lovingly reaching out to her. Meanwhile, he was slapping her hand away. He's like, get out of here. Do you not read my note? <laughs> their loves, their love hand slaps. <laughs> so, yes, there's two accounts of what happened that night. You can decide which one you believe. I'm going to go with the second one. Same. So, Heinz Whitmer helped bury Dr. Ritter's body, and he said that they were feeling a little suspicious of Dora. They found it odd that she had eaten the chicken, too. And she had never looked anything other than healthy. They also wondered why she waited so long to come and get them when it was very apparent that Dr. Ritter was incredibly ill. News suddenly hits the press about two bodies found on a nearby volcanic island. And there's speculations in the paper that it may be the Baroness and Philipson. So the captain of the ship of scientists went to go investigate and on the island, they found the mummified bodies of Lorenz and the Norwegian fishermen. <gasps> so it's thought that they, um, the weather was rough, the seas were choppy, they drifted off course and landed on this very small volcanic island that had no food or water, and they died of exposure he should and have dehydration. Listened. It was Friday the 13th. Yeah. Don't sail. You see their bodies in the documentary, Trigger Warning, and it's a little bit horrific. I was not quite prepared for that. And it's, like, this, like, choppy, like, old black and white video showing mm. these, like, mummified bodies. And I was a little bit, like, ha! Okay. Yikes. So the ship of scientists heads to Floriana, and they find Dora, who tells them all about how Dr. Ritter is dead, and the Baroness and Philipson are missing. And the captain is, like... This is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. What is happening? So the Whitmers are questioned by the captain and he couldn't figure out what happened either. The Whitmers maintained that the Baroness and Philipson had gotten on a yacht to Tahiti and they're like, we don't know. So the captain's like, this all seems strange, but I don't have any evidence to the contrary. So what am I supposed to do? So Dora left the island on the Valero with the scientists and she leaves her camp in the care of the Whitmers She's like, goodbye. I'm getting out of here. I hate this place. I'm going back to Germany. <laughs> she gets back to Germany and she tries to unsuccessfully publish the philosophical writings of Dr. Ritter. Nobody is interested. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I wouldn't no, be either. You. That's all right. It just sounds very boring to me. Yes, I, I <laughs> you could not convince me to read that. Mm-mm. She then wrote a book of her own account of the time they spent on Floriana titled Satan Came to Eden, and it was published in 1935. Dora died in Berlin in 1943 from complications of her MS. So she was never successful in Nietzscheing her way out of multiple sclerosis. I didn't think she would be. <laughs> Do not want <laughs> I was not expecting... A turnaround. In I, that. And when I wrote that sentence, I was like, oh my god, I forgot. I did this too, whole honestly. This time on that island, she was living with a debilitating chronic illness. In the heat and... Ugh. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. It that is. must have been incredibly miserable. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that woman went through. 
So the bodies of the Baroness and Philipson were never found, and they were never seen or heard from again. Wow. The Whitmers remained on the island and flourished. Eventually, they moved down to the beach, and they built a hotel for passing tourists. Harry Whitmer, the son, died in a boating accident in 1952. Hines passed away from old age in 1962. Rolf Whitmer, the baby that was the first baby born on Floriana, founded a successful boat tourism company, and his sister Florianita still runs the family's hotel today. Don't they have like a... I think I might have seen a thing that they're still there. Are they? Rolf Whitmer and Florianita still live on the on Floriana Island. Okay. Yes. Florianita. That's an interesting name. Florianita. I guess they named her after the island. Little Floriana. Florianita. All right. In 1959, Margaret Whitmer published her book, Floriana, giving her own account of what happened on the island in the 30s. She lived to the age of 95 and passed away in 2000. She maintained to her dying day that the Baroness and Philipson hopped a passing yacht to Tahiti, and the mystery was never solved. That's so interesting. I wonder if it will ever be solved. I doubt it. No. And that is the story of the Galapagos Affair. Wow. <laughs> I sound like, um, what's his name? Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. Was that they wild. never figured out what really happened to the Baroness. Nope. And what do I you feel think like happened? She definitely would have. She definitely perished because, like, she would have been recognized if she was like this worldwide sensation. Or she would have made sure that people recognized. Oh her. yeah, she would have written a book. Not, she would have yeah. written a play. She would have <laughs> done it all. She she's not just like disappearing into the shadows. Absolutely not. That was so. What do you think happened? I don't know, to be honest. I think Lorenz killed her. That's probably a, a good possibility. I think he had had enough of her crap. And then he wanted to get off the island as soon as possible before anybody found out. Yep. I think I think their bodies are still on that island somewhere. They probably won't ever be found because it's so wild, but... Yeah. Maybe she and haunts the island. Oh, there's just a ghost of a half-naked pirateess. <laughs> With her boobies out. And a pistol. Yes. And a whip. She also had a whip. Did I mention that? That is crazy. I want to watch that silent film now just because it sounds... The silent film is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just watching like this. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really interesting. I might give that documentary another go because I think I watched it and I just... There's some, like, I fast-forwarded through some of it because there's some accounts of, like, other people that were living on the island, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit later or, like, on the other side of the island, and they're just not as interesting. They still live there today or, like, their descendants do, so. Okay. But you do, um, Rolf Whitmer, the baby that was born, is in the documentary, and, like, Dr. Ritter's, like, nephew, and, like, so real descendants of the people who were involved in this. Interesting. Oh, my God. It's wild. Well, I really enjoyed that tale. Sorry, it took over an hour, but it was worth adding every detail I could. It was. I don't even think we need a palate cleanser because that was just... Yeah. That whole thing was a palate cleanser. All right, are you ready? I'm so, so ready. Okay. 
So on the wheel, I got host choice. So naturally, I did a cryptid because I love cryptids. What else would she do? They are so fun. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to jump right in. Yes, I love that. Let's do it. So on a beautiful day in May of 1955, a man named Robert Honeycutt, who was a salesman of some sort, um, it could have been Bibles or it could have been something else. The stories all differ. <laughs> Bibles, toasters, knives, doesn't matter. Vacuums. Door-to-door salesman. Yes. He was driving alongside an unnamed road in Ohio, and what happens next, there are three different versions of. The first version was as he drove out of the Branch Hill neighborhood of Loveland, Ohio. He spotted three strange figures. Each one was about three and a half feet in height, and when he shined his light, his car's headlights on the figures, they were just unfazed. They just didn't even notice. So, for whatever reason, he honked his horn at them. Okay. And imagine his shock when the figures twisted their necks around to reveal their leathery green frog faces. What? (laughs) The second story... Goes that the man was driving under the Loveland Bridge and he saw the figures and again he honked at them. I don't really know why he's just honking at things. Stop honking at random shit in the woods. Yeah. But it startled the creatures this time and they jumped out from under the bridge and one of them landed in his hood and croaked. These things are three and a half feet tall. One of them landed in his hood. Um, The imagery of these stories kill me. And then he passed out. (laughs) he's like that's enough life for today good yeah yeah i yeah just deceased um so this the last story goes that he was going under the loveland bridge over Mm -hmm. the little miami river and he pulled over and he got out of his car for whatever reason and he spotted these three huge creatures this time they were having a casual discussion as... The, fr- the frog people? As frog people do, just... Just shooting the shit speech. on the side of the road. Exactly. Talking about okay. whatever. So he called out to them and one of them held up a finger like, hold on, like one second, one second. So he turned around, so the, the frog person turned around to the guy and he said, can't you see we're having a conversation? How rude. The creature then held a wand over its head and flicked it, which made sp- uh, fire sparks fly out of it. The man... Frog, frog wizards. Yes, frog wizards. Okay. I wrote the man probably first shit his pants and then ran away. Correct. Yes. So, Robert described these creatures as having frog-like wide, thin lips bulging eyes and instead of hair they had deep grooves as well as leathery oh. skin and webbed fingers and toes all right now look at the pictures that i sent you yuck i'm scared i'm so excited okay so the first one is a picture of it <laughs> in the water the second one i included just because they drew that frog with the most luscious fattest ass i have ever seen in my life <laughs> that 
frog has a dump truck. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? Like, that is a huge... He's got a fatty. This is like this is like Bigfoot all over again. Yes. Why are we drawing asses on all of on cryptids? On cryptids. So we're gonna post that, that picture. That frog for sure. has a badonka donk. Right. He's also, got a is ass. Is, is the one you sent me in the water? Is that supposed to be a real picture? Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It doesn't look convincing to you? It it looks like a man in a wetsuit with two flashlights on his head. (laughs) It does. It does. It honestly does. That's incredible. That's the best thing I've ever seen. I know. Uh, This was just the beginning of the Loveland Frogman story. (laughs) 17 years later, the Frogman appeared again. I can't even believe I'm telling a story about a frogman. This just seems so <laughs> what wild. What is happening? <laughs> this time he or she, we don't know. We don't know the gender of these. No, we don't, we're not some... going to assume the frog people's gender. No, uh, but weird. they stirred up some more controversy on March second of 1972 around 1 a.m. Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was driving his car around the same area of Little Miami River, when an animal ran out in front of his car. He initially thought it could have been a dog until he looked back in his mirror and he realized it was not a dog. This creature was climbing over the guardrail and making its way into the river, and the creature he had seen matched a description that Robert had given years earlier. It also had been crouching like a frog would if they were to stand up straight and walk. That artist's rendition of the frog with the massive ass I believe that's the one because there's a police car in the back, so I think that's about this tale. <laughs> um, and it was in the same exact location that the first guy had seen it. So he goes okay. back to on his the, on the bridge. Yeah. So he went back to his pals at the police station, and he told them that he thinks he saw the frogman. And they actually go out to the scene. I'm not going to believe what I just saw. I know. And they actually go out to the scene to investigate. It must have been a really slow day for them. So they go. And they find that the metal part of the guardrail had been scratched where the creature had been seen. <gasps> My God. Yeah. A few weeks go by and another officer is called to check out a report that an unidentified animal was seen crouching near the side of the road. By Little Miami River. And this officer is Mark Matthews. So he goes down and he shoots and kills the creature. What? Yeah. Yeah. But where is it though? Shoots it. I want to see it. That's what I want to see too. Did he catch it? I mean, pick it up after he He shot it it between its eyes and then two more times to make sure it was dead. Seems excessive. But then he put it in his car to show Officer Shockey. Okay. So I guess everybody at the police station has seen it. This will come back later. The giant three-foot frog. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm it's good. It's with the aliens. Area 51 now. <laughs> Most recently, in August of 2016, two teenagers were playing Pokemon Go. Did you ever play that? <laughs> of course they were. Yes, I did. I got uh, very bit by ants one time in the front yard playing it. <laughs> oh, No. How? Were you laying down? 
No, I was just trying to catch a Pikachu, and I walked straight into an ant pile because I was looking at my phone and not the ground. Whoa. <laughs> that game came out when I was pregnant, and it helped me, like, get out and be active because I would just go. Oh, that was nice. Catch remember Pokemon. when we all remember when we all came together on for Pokemon Go? It was a it nice was time. It was a very brief time of peace in the America. <laughs> Tranquility in America was we just all came together it no seriously it went wild people would like i don't i can't even explain it you had to be there (laughs) people would have like clubs and they would all go together and you would see people playing like anywhere you went at the gas station at yeah just everywhere everywhere. but anyways these teens were hunting and they were hunting for a pikachu between Loveland, Madeira Road, and Lake Isabella when they saw a giant frog standing and walking on its hind legs. <laughs> no! One of the teens named Sam Jacobs swore on his grandmother's grave to what he and his girlfriend had seen. This is what he says. We saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. I took a couple of pictures and a video because I'd never seen one that big. Then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. I think that's the picture that they took, that one that looks like somebody with flashlights on her eyes. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. This was later revealed to be a hoax, and I'm sure Jacob's grandma is not very happy that he swore on her grave that it was real. I am not very happy either. I know, me neither. I want to believe so very much in the frogman. So that the the picture in the waters was falsified. Yes. Doesn't so it really was a man with flashlights on his head. Probably. I hate that. I know. In 2014, the frogman took to the stage. <laughs> what? When the legend was turned into a musical. Titled, Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. I think it's the Loveland Frog Man, but I forgot to write Frog Man. I'm going to read the synopsis of this musical from the website. And this is, here we go. It's a ride. Something is lurking in Loveland, the sweetheart of Ohio, where the disappearance of a strange old man has rekindled the hysteria surrounding America's most alluring cryptozoological phenomenon the loveland frog join luke honeywell and a smoking bluegrass band on a riotous river adventure with maniacal moonshiners crooked cops and the last twitey indian as they rescue peepaw from the wondrous and elusive loveland frog i just peepaw <laughs> that's what jackson calls ashley's dad <laughs> it's just all so midwestern like this whole it is now my dearest ambition in life to attend this production we have to i want nothing more i i wonder if it's if you can find it on youtube oh no I, i want to be a patron i want to give them money i want to see this i want to support the arts Support the Frogman. Yeah, come on. I don't want a bootlegged YouTube copy. 
I gotta see it. I gotta be there. I gotta feel it. Come on. So when the hype of the frogman started coming back, Officer Matthews came and squished all of our dreams that a big, curvy, big booty frog was terrorizing Loveland. And he revealed that when he had originally retold the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, the author left out a huge detail, and that would be the part where Matthew says that he believes that the creature was a three or three and a half foot long iguana, not a frog. <laughs> I know. Well, that's not fun. A giant iguana is like, that's like normal. Yeah. Well, not in Ohio. But also, that's... why is an iguana in Ohio? It was someone's pet. They let it loose. He thought that this iguana had gotten loose from a tome where its owner abandoned it when it got too big and just left it in the wild. And remember, lizards lose their tails. So I guess if you've never seen a, a lizard before or if you didn't know that lizards lost their tails, I guess it would kind of maybe look like a big frog. Oh, if you've never seen a lizard before. <laughs> An iguana. I don't know. Maybe, maybe nobody's seen one in person. <laughs> I don't know was so skeptical i know i really think frog it was frogman it was a frogman they're covering it he's covering up no yeah it's it's a cover-up it, it's it's the frogman body the is in area 51 now that you can't convince me otherwise the also, one that they shot why are there no pictures of this massive iguana and three feet is huge for an iguana even yeah three and a half i mean feet. they can they can get that long. But if it didn't have a tail. Yeah. Maybe its tail was like in the bushes. That's scary to think about. <laughs> oh, like connected still? It hadn't fallen off? <laughs> yeah. that. Was... <laughs> well, the guy the guy who saw it go under the guardrail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Iguanas definitely do not have that bodacious dump truck on the back. That thing is very juicy. <laughs> I think it was the Frogman. Frogman with a BBL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and oh, that my God. is a very short story. Sorry, guys, I kept it short this week, but I had to tell this tale of, of the Frogman. That's absolutely, absolutely magical. In my heart, he's real. He's real. I believe. Okay. I'm going to make his t-shirts say, I believe in Frogman. <laughs> that picture of that big, big dump truck frog on there. <laughs> I will wear that shirt. We Oh, if we sell merch again, we can do that. Oh, good idea. I don't know if we can use someone else's art, though. Oh, man, we have to. Have to well, any of our to... artist friends that don't mind drawing a frog with a huge ass for us, <laughs> please do. And we can use that. <laughs> we could even make bumper stickers that say honk if you believe. Okay, that'd be really awesome and, and magical, man. actually. I think we should do that. I think we're doing it. <laughs> we have to now. We're doing it. Yes. Wow, that was that was wonderful. I'm so glad that I got to hear you tell that story. I know. It was like five minutes long, but... It was worth it. It will last second. forever in our hearts and in our minds. <laughs> and I am now a hundred percent a believer in the frogman. I am too. He's gotta be real. He's gotta be. I don't care what that cop says. I don't either. Loveland. It's so did about... he shoot an iguana? Yes. 
between its eyes and then took it back to the station. There's no pictures of any of this or documentation. So I'm going to say it was a cover-up. And It's a frog. The Area 51, the men in black came and... Yeah, they heard about the frog. They rearranged down his memory. With their little zappy lights. This was an iguana, not a frog man. <laughs> and they went chunk chunk and erased his memory. Exactly. That's what happened for sure. There's I guess no other, he doesn't no do interviews anymore. Huh? There's no other option that has to be what happened. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do interviews anymore, is that what you said? Yeah, I don't think so. He's like, please leave me alone about this. <laughs> I didn't see a frog man. All right. Well, good well job. I enjoyed that. Thank you. I'm glad. I think that was the shortest story I've ever told on here. <laughs> I loved it. Um, All right. So we, we have to spin, spin the, the wheel. wheel. Do it's it. my turn to spin. Should I spin it this week? Sure. Okay. Spin for for yourself. I got host choice again. Sweet. All right, your turn. You got a cryptid. Do you want me to do it again? A cryptid. Yeah. No, I want it. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. So I'll do true crime because I feel like we have been slacking (laughs) off. Did you hear that? Was that your cat? <laughs> no. I think it was TikTok. <laughs> I don't know how a video just came up of somebody like, shut up. <laughs> I couldn't hear the words. All I heard was like, <laughs> it was like, shut up. I thought you like stepped on pretty or something. No, no. That was so weird. Okay. Well, TikTok is giving me a sign that it's time to close it up. Shut it Shut down. Shut her down. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. We will we see you, you next week for probably a true crime story from me and a cryptid from Ashley. Follow us on social media. Oh, yeah. Instagram. And emailing. Send us your emails. We loved that email yes. that we got. That was so exciting for us. Please. It any was. Theory- tell us your theories on what you think happened to... Frogman. The Baroness and oh, yeah. and Baroness and Aunt. if you think Frogman is real. Frogman Actually, art. If you tell us that he's not real, we won't read it because we want to believe. We'll delete it and act like we didn't even see it. Just kidding. Or send us fan art of Frogman. That'd be so awesome. Yes. Yeah, right. we'd love to hear from you guys, so please reach out. Yes. And remember. I always forget how we say this. It's not, it's not illegal, illegal to be weird. To be weird. <laughs> but but murder is. We just like <laughs> echoing each other. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Podcast.